Last time, in looking at God's covenant in the New Testament, we talked about the gospel of according to Luke, especially chapter 1 and the institution of the Lord's Supper in chapter 22. This time, what I want to do is talk about Romans chapter 11. Now, to understand Romans chapter 11, we need to see it in the context of chapters 9, 10, and 11. Because in verse in chapter 9, the apostle is dwelling on the question, what has God's word failed to take effect because uh, Israel has been cast away and God has turned to the Gentiles? And he says there in verse 6 of chapter 9, it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. And the basic point which he's making here is that God's purpose with Israel was never to save all of them, but God's purpose was to save the true seed of Abraham. In Isaac, your seed shall be called. And that seed of Isaac excluded, for example, Esau. God acted according to his purpose then in saving an elect uh, part of the nation of Israel as a whole. And it's this question then that the apostle returns to in Romans chapter 11, when he says, I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. So he's returning to that same question. Has God's promise failed? Has he uh, abandoned altogether his covenant with Israel? Has he cut off Israel completely from his grace, from his salvation, from the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ? And the answer which Paul gives is, no, he has not. And the, uh, he then adduces evidence for that. And the first piece of evidence which he gives is that he himself is an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. He also goes back to the time of Elijah during the reign of the wicked king Ahab in the northern kingdom. And he quotes there the words of the Lord in answer to Elijah's complaint. Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But the Lord's answer was, I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. And Paul takes that and he applies it to the present time. And he says, even so then, verse 5, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. God has not cast away his people. There is a remnant of Israel according to the election of grace, and God preserves that remnant of which I myself am a part. So God has not utterly cast away his people Israel. But the question still remains then, what is the point of all this in the purposes of God? And that's the question that Paul begins to answer in verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? 
That is, has Israel stumbled, stumbled so that they should fall? Was that the only uh, purpose of God in the casting away of Israel? That they should stumble and fall and that should be the end of the matter. And the answer which Paul gives is again, certainly not. But through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. So the point here is that uh, Israel has fallen, but in the fall of Israel, God has had a purpose for the Gentiles, salvation. Through the fall of Israel, salvation has come to the Gentiles. But it goes one step further. Salvation has come to the Gentiles according to the purpose of God that through their salvation, the Jews might be provoked to jealousy. That is, God still has a purpose with the Jews, not a purpose that's separate from, different from his purpose with the Gentiles, but nevertheless, he intends still to retain for himself a remnant according to the election of grace from among the Jews. And so Paul says, now if their fall, that is the fall of the Jews, is riches for the world and their failure, riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? That is how much more when the fullness of Israel has been gathered in, how much more blessing will there be for the Gentiles? Uh, And uh, then Paul goes on, this is what God's purpose is in verses 11 and 12, but then he goes on in verses 13 and 14, and he takes this purpose of God as his own purpose. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry, if by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. So Paul says God's purpose in the fall of the Jews was the salvation of the Gentiles, and his purpose in the salvation of the Gentiles was to provoke the Jews to jealousy. And Paul says, as an apostle to the Gentiles, I have that very same purpose in mind. I want to provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. And again, he says, just as God purposed, if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the casting of the away of the Jews brought reconciliation, the reconciliation of the blood of Christ to the world, what will their acceptance, the acceptance of the Jews be but life from the dead, but greater benefit to the world, to the Gentiles? He also then illustrates this Uh, point in the following verses, 16 and so on. If the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. So there's an olive tree. God has an olive tree the olive tree of his people. And in casting away the Jews, God has broken some of the branches off from that olive tree. And he has taken Gentiles and he has grafted them into that olive tree. Notice that. That's very important. God has not uh, established a separate 
people in gathering the Gentiles. He has taken Gentiles and he has grafted them into the olive tree of the Jews. So it's one people, Jew and Gentile together, making the one olive tree of God. And Paul then warns the Gentile believers against pride. Do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. That's true, Paul says. Branches were broken off that you might be grafted in. But because of unbelief, they were broken off and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. That is, do not fall into the sin of unbelief, which the Jews fell into, lest you too be broken off and uh, Uh, removed from the olive tree of God. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but toward you goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And they also, that is the Jews, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So this is the mystery uh, that Paul wants these Gentile believers to be aware of. I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And here we come to the part of this passage which is uh, particularly relevant to our study of the covenant. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them, when I take away their sins. He says, and so all Israel will be saved. Now some take Israel, of course, as a separate people from the Gentiles. And this then means that the Jews will again become the people of God. And some say that there will be a a mass conversion of the Jews toward the end of time. But what Paul is actually saying here is that all Israel, that is all true Israel, all who of Israel whom God has chosen and whom God always intended to save, will be saved. That elect remnant, in other words, is the all Israel that he is talking about. So blindness has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. But as the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, some of the Jews are provoked to jealousy and return to God again. And so that elect remnant, all Israel, will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them 
when I take away their sins. So God made his covenant with Israel. He does not cast Israel off completely. He preserves uh, an elect remnant among Israel. He saves all of Israel, all true Israel, all the elect remnant, all those whom he always intended to save, though many fall into unbelief and perish in their unbelief. Therefore, concerning the gospel, they are enemies. The Jews are enemies for your sake, but concerning the election, that is the elect remnant, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. God did not revoke from Israel his gifts and his calling. He cast them off, he caused them to fall, so that he could bring in the Gentiles, graft Gentiles into the olive tree of the Jews. But the gifts and calling of God to Israel also are irrevocable. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their disobedience, and notice the reference to Hosea chapter 2 there, you have now obtained mercy through their disobedience, even so, these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you, they also may obtain mercy. Another reference to Hosea chapter 2. Those who had not obtained mercy have obtained mercy, both Jews and Gentiles. For God has committed them all to disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. And Paul concludes this whole chapter then, this whole section, chapters 9, 10, and 11, with the praise of God's unsearchable wisdom. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. It's a very clear and powerful illustration of the truth that the new covenant is the continuation of the old covenant, the fulfillment of the old covenant and its continuation. But the new covenant embraces not just Jews, but also Gentiles. That's the main point, I think, which we should gather from Romans chapter 11. Next time, God willing, we will be looking at 2 Corinthians 3. May God bless you with his word.